You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is Paul Gilleary. Paul, we're back again, and this is the week that the band is back in business. Are we excited? I am excited. I, and I need this, too, because if it's not this, then I just have the bite what's left of my fingernails off watching the Warriors in the NBA Finals right now. So. Oh, those 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 pesky Warriors and those I, pesky Celtics. I, you know, when you win, you get greedy. And I want another one. But Boston <laughs> is, is no slouch. This is going to be a tough one to win. So I could use a little distraction in my life, Jason. I need some pearls here. Uh, well, as we're taping this, uh, I believe game five is happening. Right. Yeah, I, I think I walked away. The score was tied. So, <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. It's over. Yeah, exactly. It's Tuesday. Um, well, I, I will say in some other sporting news before we get into it, my beloved New York Rangers are out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They were bested by the two-time defending Cup champion Tampa Lightning. Bay Lightning. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Tough pills to swallow, my friend. Yeah. Sports are a son of a bitch. I'll tell you what. Um, how are you? How are you out there, guys? It's um, it's another week, another episode. And like I said, we are so close to more live Pearl Jam. The boys are healthy and pr- by all accounts are in Europe right now, ready to go for that show on Saturday the 18th. Pink Pop. It's 20 years since that famous 92 show when Eddie just had to show. jump off of a camera jib. <laughs> iconic man um that brown t-shirt those guys just hopping all over the stage climbing the rafters it's so good to have pearl jam back right now though yes kind of a great segue to hyde park isn't it so hyde park uh two big shows in london uh july 8th and 9th they released the full uh list of bands Friday's show uh, consists of bands like White Reaper, The Murder Capital, Glorious Sons, uh, Cat Power, and The Pixies. Saturday's show, uh, Tiger Cub, Whispering Sons. Um, you got La Luce, The Wild Things, Imelda May, Temples, Johnny Marr, and Stereophonics, among others. Uh, I know we have at least one listener who is going who is going to these two shows and he will be rocking one of each of our t-shirts. Oh boy. Mike from Santa Clarita, California and his wife will be there. Mike and Kelly and they'll be, they'll be sporting t-shirts. So I'm, I'm waiting for those, those pictures to come back in. Well, first of all, Mike and Kelly, thank you for representing. It's, uh, it's people like you that keep us going. <laughs> You know what? We are, you it's so insincere, but I know it's sincere. No, I meant that genuine. <laughs> do, do you have any stickers? You should totally float them some stickers and say, hey, oh, I, I sent there. them stickers. Some, some, yeah. Meet, meet some people. Make some friends out there. 
Icebreakers. We'll call them icebreakers. Mm. <laughs> is that what we're going to call them? No, we're not going to call them. Okay. <laughs> Shameless promotion. That's what it is. My goodness. By the way, uh, t-shirts still available as are stickers. So let us know. Uh, also, just another little bit of housekeeping. Patreon is starting up next month. So if you would like to join us on Patreon, five bucks a month, you get a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you get exclusive access to uh, merch that no one else can get to. There'll be um, two extra features per month called drop in the show. Uh, where Paul and I will basically do uh, mystery science theater 3000 or director's commentary kind of thing on any one live performance, uh, one song at random. Um, so we could be here a while with that, with that segment. Uh, we'll do uh, Q and A's. Uh, a few times a year and some other stuff. And we're going to ask you for what you guys want to do. So that's all part of it uh, as well as possibly guesting on a lyric of the week. I believe what was it uh, once uh, every once a month. What was it? I forget what it was once a quarter, once a quarter, once a quarter. So there you go. And that's happening starting July one. So there are a couple more weeks uh, before that goes live to think about it. So Hyde Park, um, any any thoughts on the lineup, Paul? Uh, it's it's very British centric, which I love. I think uh, it's going to be a fun, fun rocking show, to be honest with you. And I think it's going to light a, a a nice pep in the step for Pearl Jam. So I think it's a perfect way to kind of get them out of this COVID funk. I wonder. Um, I'm trying to look at my, my my stats here. When the last time they played London was. Was it 2018? I think it was. Do a quick perusal. London, UK, O2 Arena, July 17th, 2018. Yeah. What did they what did they play that night? <clears throat> they played Loading, Loading, Oceans, Something As It Seems, Go, Corduroy Save You, Evolution, Given to Fly, In Hiding. Well, that's nice. Um, they played Satan's Bed. Ooh, Green Disease. Ooh. I think I think they got wow. some uh, some surprises under the sleep. Fatal. Around the bend, yeah. This, this show was a evidently yeah. they tagged Crazy Mary with Stairway Paul's to Heaven. Paul's delight, Park. right here. <laughs> My word, this show thirty-three songs. Wow, three encores. That's a night. Well, if it's anything like, like that show, your guys are in for a treat. Whoever's going to those shows, and we know that some of you out there will be traveling. Some of you out there will be local and finally getting a local taste of this band. So we look forward to you guys experiencing that as some of us did here out on the West coast of the U S um, non Pearl jam, but Pearl jam adjacent news is this soundtrack that Jeff Ament did with our friend, Josh Klinghoffer and John Wicks for the limited series on FX called under the banner of heaven. Um, I was not aware of this story, but apparently it's a book written by John Krakauer. And it kind of does talks about the convergence of this, this splinter group of uh, Mormonism back in like the, God, I don't know what it was, the, the late 19th century and 1890s. And these two brothers who decided they were going to do a bit of murdering as they say, in the name of that God. Uh, that's not a thing people do anymore, is it? You know, 
I don't know if we're going to go down that <laughs> just path set, tonight. Just set you up with that. Ooh, here comes a 98 mile per hour. <laughs> Spell Chin music you sent my way there. <laughs> you know what? Um, Jeff's been waiting a quarter of a century, I feel like, for the opportunity to do something like this. Yeah. Uh, he's on record uh, in a variety article saying that 23 years he's wanted to make an ambient record as much as the music he listens to at home. Uh, he cites Brian Eno's discreet music as weekly listening and a meditative adventure for himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, w- what I think is cool is that uh, th- there's something very pastoral about the setting and uh, Jeff's house in Montana and the way he was raised really lends itself in that direction. I, I couldn't help but think of Johnny Greenwood, uh, the Radiohead bandmate who who scored a few different films uh, the master of the pt anderson film most recently um the power of the dog jane uh, campion's uh, western actually was a nom- nominated for an oscar if i'm not mistaken and uh, that it, it's just a, a beautiful dissonant score with these uh, uh very very unique very very eclectic sounds and i feel like this is perfect it's a perfect medium for jeff it really really is and i think that he's going to find himself doing a lot more of this and the reason i say that is because the screenwriter for this film uh, i'm sorry this limited series the screenwriter is a huge pearl jam fan actually said he was starstruck when he met Jeff and uh, confronted him with the proposition of coming together with some fellow musicians to, to help him score this. So those of you who don't know, Dustin Lance Black is the writer. He wrote uh, Milk, which he won an Academy Award for uh, an original screenplay, the Sean Penn film Milk. A very, very talented uh, creator. So what I thought was intriguing about this particular story here was it, it's a story about a, a figure who's really battling inside and out within this realm of his faith. And I can't help but think about a song like Nothing As It Seems and the atmosphere of a lot of Jeff's music and how present and um, rooted in his own personal experience a lot of his songwriting is. Mm. And I feel like there was a certain connection that Jeff made to this story. And what I find ultimately fascinating about the entire creative process is that they made music in the spirit of what they thought this series was going to be about because they had not actually seen any footage when they started composing. And they wouldn't actually see any footage until near the end when Dustin started sending them these, these kind of vague dailies. Do we know which which tracks they may have uh, written after seeing footage or no? I don't know that I'll have to do a little bit more, more, researching to but it's a very untraditional way to score something typically you you get these dailies and you as you're watching you would have the opportunity to start scoring based on how the footage inspires you it was the other way around i mean dustin would sit and listen to 40 45 minutes of this transportive haunting oppressive atmospheric music and then he would go and edit or he would go and film and he'd he'd jump on a set with his team and they'd start rolling camera so in a lot of ways and he says this he's on record as saying that a a lot of what jeff created inspired the tones and the themes and the motifs that get visually explored 
in the footage. So it, it's so fascinating to see that process play out. So if you, if you get a chance to see this, this um, series, a lot of what you see is, is Jeff, Jeff's music inspired that, you know, and I think it's a really, really fascinating part of the, of the creative process. And I'm excited about what opportunities lie ahead for Jeff. I think it's, it's going to, you know, we saw glimpses of this a long time ago in the lightning bolt tour. I shouldn't say the tour during those recording sessions, when we had that holiday single with uh, mm. pendulum, remember that? Yep. Yep. And I remember thinking how that was a really, really beautiful and haunting rendition of pendulum. And as an instrumental, it had this very kind of um, atmospheric uh, ambient sound to it. And I know that Jeff is really drawn to that kind of music and to see him fulfill this lifelong dream of, of scoring footage like this, I think is uh, it's the beginning of what will hopefully be a process under which he embarks, where he's going to continue to get these types of opportunities. I think it's going to continue to inform him as a musician, which in turn is going to properly and affectively influence the way that Pearl Jam starts to write music because you're starting to see all these band members are really, really blossoming in these very unique ways uh, with, with painted shields. You know, we talked about that a lot, a lot of the things that Ed did with his solo record and, uh, and now with, with what Jeff is doing, some of the things that Matt's been doing on the side as well. I really, really think that this next Pearl Jam record is going to be something special. You, you said so many things there that was that were going to kind of tee me up for something that I wanted to say, and you just kind of you hit all these things. Um, so I'll try and remember all the all the things I wanted to say. But um, I think that you know there, there are six tracks that have been made available as of this um, recording: "Families Are Forever," "Tar and Feathers," "Pronto," "Gone Fishing," "Ultimate Punishment," and "Battle Hymn." I think when we think about early Pearl Jam one of the things that always really intrigued me about them, and it has come up, of course, in, in songs here and there since then, was this this feeling of epicness and of drama within the song, even throwing, flowing throughout the album. So to, to have him record and create music that is very much in that world as ambient as it is, and, and obviously as an instrumental, they have to um, tell a story in a sense just by themselves without a, without a vocalist. So there's an extra bit of um, challenge there. And I think when you when you pair him up with you know Josh and, and John, and you get these these tracks, I think you're right. I think it it shows it allows him to flex a muscle that he hasn't been able, been able to flex in the yeah. same way that uh, I think stone needed to flex a muscle with painted shield. I think less so with Ed, because I think Ed has always kind of been able to flex his muscles however he wants within Pearl Jam for the most part. Um, and so what we got from him wasn't too far away from what we would get from a Pearl Jam record, which is probably why a lot of us like that record so much. Um, but in, in a good sense, not only does it, allow them to kind of quote unquote get it out of their system if it's stuff that's a little too far away from what we like but at the same time it can help them um kind of it's like if you go to the gym right and you're only right. doing leg day but the band requires you to use your arms too yeah this is like on the off days at the gym you're doing curls you know you're doing a bench press it's like you're working that muscle out so then when you go back to the band you know, the big band 
the Pearl Jam band, you've got this, this creative arm in a sense worked out and it's informing maybe the, the more usual stuff that you're going to do. And so it's going to make, and we saw with Picaton just a little bit, you're going to get a more rounded version of who these guys are as opposed to, Hey, they can do the dad punk here. They can do the blues rock here. They can do the epic stadium rock here. They can do the acoustic, you know, in the log cabin kind of thing here. Like there's all those things, but rarely do you get them all kind of more melded into one. And so for me, the most exciting thing, I mean, I'm looking at some of the keywords. I wrote notes for, for all these songs. So I was listening you know, you've got eerie, you've got descending, mm-hmm. you've got atmospheric, you've got, uh, I got chimes, flutter, industrial, foreboding, um, reverb soaked, um, timpanies. It's heavy too. It's ethereal. It's heavy. Yeah. yeah. Um, sinister is another word I, I use in one of my notes. Did you, did you get shades of a lot of what Trent Reznor has been doing? So it's funny you say that because one of my notes is talks about how, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. I'm going to do a little keyword search here. Um, sounds like something Adam Jones might create if he guest spotted for explosions in the sky. Hey. That was from Families Are Forever. But to your point, it's, it could be exactly in the same world as what Trent would do um, on one of his Hell, so a lot of the a lot of the shit that Nine Inch Nails has put out in the last ten years has been instrumentals. I mean, there's like what five mm-hmm. Ghosts records, and then yeah, like, I mean Reznor and Atticus, you know, they they've done yeah. everything from um, God, what was the, the Facebook movie? I forget now. Um, oh, uh, Social Network. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah started with that one, and they've done a good good handful of films since and i think we've we've seen obviously what johnny greenwood's been doing as well and it's pretty cool for jeff to add his name into that that pantheon of the, these great iconic 90s musicians that have just aged so gracefully in their craft that they're they're now writing these beautiful chilling haunting scores that that really really add so much nuance and gravity to these cinematic treasures and it's uh i think you know he and and dustin black they bonded over this process i could see him being that i could see this collaboration this is just the beginning of what will ultimately be multiple collaborations in the future there are certain bands that do really well in writing music on the road Mm. obviously this is one of them (laughs) frozen did that a lot um in the early days and i feel like Obviously, they have not been on the road, save for that week and a half we had last yeah. month. Um, so they've had time to kind of spin the reels at home and come up with some of this stuff. And obviously, they went down to LA and um, messed around with Andrew for a little bit. Um, but I think you're getting the best of both worlds now. You're going to get this band who's been able to flex these side muscles, these maybe not as used muscles at home um, by themselves with other friends like this. Um, with the band together with Andrew, and then you're going to have them on the road now with these things fresh in their mind, probably picking up new ideas and, and, you know, record, you know, you can record any riff at any time on your phone. And all of a sudden you go back into the studio and like, Hey, check this out. There, there probably isn't a more inspiring time for the band because when you're, when you're on the road, you're, you're tuning up, you're doing sound check, playing together 
especially for a band who isn't playing together all that much because of their families, right? They, they, they rehearse, they go out and they do their thing and they, they block out time, right? This is work time. This is family time. It's not like when you're younger where it's just, Hey, whenever we feel like it, we get together. Right. I feel like this is one of the more inspirational moments because of the backlog of time, because of the ability to kind of just sit and, and um, sink in your creativity. It has no outlet. And you guys, these guys are starting to find some outlets. And so things are starting to really pump. And I think that what we get out of the next record is going to be born from all of these side projects, these soundtracks, the time away, all of a sudden the time together on the road, the yeah. energy you get from that, from, you know, tons of bands who, who are made for the road. Uh, we've talked about Metallica before being absolute road warriors, uh, there are some bands out there that just own it. Foo Fighters are another great example. Um, and Pearl Jam, of course. Yeah. Uh, I think Bruce, Bruce Springsteen does a lot of that as well. So there's. I'm, I'm loving this, the, the expanding of bandwidth. Uh, you know, yeah. getting what we get with Painted Shield, getting this type of atm- atmospheric scoring from Jeff, and a lot of the solo stuff Ed is doing, uh, things that Mike and Matt do. It's just expanding the. the um, universe the pearl jam universe as it were and allowing us to kind of have a song for every moment you know what i mean yeah in almost any genre and, and i think that that's that's really cool it's it's really allowing us to to have a, a more of a global feel to the music that we collect in a sense that there's there's so many contributions from so many different genres from these guys and i love that they're pushing the envelope and i think that it's 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 very positive and it bodes something, something really, really encouraging for where the direction of their sound is moving and the creative possibilities and the ambition behind that. Do you have a favorite track from these? Well, I really, really liked uh, Battle Him. I liked the piano there. Mm, um, it was nice. I enjoyed Gone Fishing. I thought Pronto was, was really haunting and arresting. Um, I love the oppressiveness of, of families are forever. I mean, there, it's, it's, there's some strong compositions here. Look, it's it's not for the faint-hearted. You listen to this stuff, and it's it's going to make you feel I mean, the most melancholy. The last one was Battle Him. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and you, you, and you I, could say that it's like a like a um, almost like an ascension type song. It feels like correct. you're kind of rising yeah. to something better, but like at the same time, it's like, but am I? And, and, but that's okay. I, mean, I, I love that. Uh, you know you have this soundscape that kind of allows you to explore these moods. And again, you look at the track listings here, the, the, the TRT on this stuff is not that long. I mean, some of these tracks are under three minutes. Uh, I shouldn't some say of them are over six, right? Some of them are over six. So it's a nice variety. I think it, it's a, it's a wonderful album to have. The next time you find yourself wherever you live on a, on a road trip, you're going somewhere for a couple hours and you're going to be surrounded by just a lot of desolation or you're driving same. at night. Yes. And you're just surrounded by a lot of farmland or something. If Put you, this on. Exactly. If you're driving out in the middle, I know we, we're in Southern California. So let's, let's say we're going out to the desert. Uh, yeah. Josh Lancaster, like take the five up North, head out to Joshua Ooh, tree instead. Something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some real opportunities Ooh, to, to really enjoy this. If you live in a heavily wooded area, you might shit your pants. <laughs> that's how, uh, that's, that's how impressive this music is. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's not something that I would have 
uh, been like, oh yeah, let's, I, I got to check this out. I think our two friends from Santa Clarita should put some headphones on on that flight and just kind of they should take take them somewhere. Mike you know? Kelly, we're talking to you directly now. Yeah, go ahead and put this on. Download to your phone first, uh, and then listen to it and see when you're when you're uh, stuck in a in a in a, in a tin tube. 35,000 feet above the country, you know, when you can't escape great time to listen to music like this. Uh, yeah, I, I really, um, was surprisingly, um, I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed, uh, I'm not an ambient music guy. I I'm am. Not, uh, so I'm I was really, thrilled with this. This is cool. This is cool. We came to a similar, um, end game where I don't listen to soundtrack music almost ever. Um, and I don't really too often want you should write to, to it i i you know because like, i write, write like, on the sides yeah well i that I mean, oh. that's my but you you like to write music too so i think if you just put something like this on that the would background, be interesting to try and write music while listening to ambient um, music. but yeah but it's so it's ambient in a way that it's not going to it's going to influence a lot of the chord progressions without mm. necessarily allowing you to feel like you're mimicking something sure yeah. i can see that I would have, of course, have to find time to pick up my guitar. Oh, come on. What? What, what could you possibly have going on in your life, Mr. Father of two with a wife and a job? <laughs> oh my God. It's just, it never I ends. Share, I share that. Uh, never ends. At least for you now, it's, it's, it's summer is basically upon you. So you, it lightens a little bit for you, right? I'm, I'm admin now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no rest for the weary well anyway no, no, nobody listening there, to this cares about our i'm just pitiful place we're just trying to apply context is all paul oh, because yeah, that's what the people there's they don't know what we're about no they don't but if you become a patreon right if, if you become well, a patron on patreon then, then you're going to learn a lot more about us that was shameless and i applaud you <laughs> All right. Let us know what you guys think about this new effort from um, from Jeff and Josh and John uh, under the banner of heaven. Uh, when does this son of a bitch come out? It comes out. It already came out. Yeah, it's on iTunes now. You get the whole soundtrack. Uh, FX, Hulu. There you go. Limited series. It's out there. And for those of you who have already been watching and are like, duh, we're like, oh, sorry, we're behind here. We had other things to take care of. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Let us know what you think about that, and we will move on now to our Lyric of the Week. All right, Paul, dipping back into the album from 2002, Riot Act, we are going with Help Help. what i want to hear and that is what the hell is happening in this song <laughs> okay so when i was because uh, i watched the pilot episode of under the banner of heaven and i was trying to think of a lyric of the week that we haven't covered that was somehow mm -hmm. connected to this i was initially drawn to my father's son and i was heading oh. in that direction 
And I, I ultimately will have to, <laughs> I, I know exactly. I deviated away from that because this particular set of lyrics really, really stood out to me. Um, help help is a song off right act that I think it, it's very polarizing. I don't know a lot of Pearl Jam fans that, that hold this particular track in, in exceptionally high esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I think that there are some, who adore riot act and have a you know have a great affinity for this song uh, i i do enjoy the song actually um and not as much as i like ghost but i i do think it's actually a it's an underrated composition here <clears throat> and if you think about these lyrics tell me what i want to hear this shit's too good to be true my dear tell me lies tell me lies tell me tell me lies the, the repetition here help me help me help me if you think about the moral quandary that the character in the show is in if you think about a lot of what jeff has experienced growing up in rural montana with his own struggles with family and faith and what you know he has regarded as as these illusions of what seemed like a perfect childhood that ultimately sent him on a path towards unearthing a whole host of difficulties and incongruencies that he felt he needed to you know therapeutically attack in order to find a way to to kind of grow and and emerge out of that with some clarity uh nothing as it seems right Mm. so i think that this is a great set of lyrics about how we oftentimes we hear what we want to hear because it's too good to be true and it allows us to avoid facing the reality of our situation. Um, So we want to hear lies, but at the same time, we recognize the fatal flaw in that approach. And there's a part of us that's crying out and begging for help. And I think that it's that duality, that dichotomy within us of, I don't have the strength to face what it is I need to face and to acknowledge the truth. But at the same time, there's a part of me that refuses to truly invest and buy into these lies because I know I'm just lying to myself. And so you're constantly in this tug of war, this, this, this battle, and there's really no end to it. And there's no win and there's no beginning and there's no end because you haven't truly committed in one direction or another. And I think that for, for the speaker in the song anyway, the real commitment is to wanting the severance of these lies and the adherence and, and the, the anchoring of these lies that ultimately tethers you to a, a rootless and um, a, a, a hollow existence. So you, you're begging to be helped. You know what I mean? And um, I thought it was just a perfect parallel to a lot of the themes and motifs that informed the series that informed Jeff's compositions. And I feel like it's, it's a great example of a song that it, and there's, there's a lot of dissonant notes to it. It's very, it's, it's uniquely atmospheric in its beginning and its verse. It, it converges to this eruptive, um, very, very carnal chorus. And the solo, by the way, at the end of the song is blistering. It's just a fantastic fantastic solo and i think it it captures the struggle that comes with wanting to buy into lies because it's easier and knowing that that's what you're doing 
and the better part of yourself saying, no, we have to resist. We need help. It's time to cry out for help. Um, there's just so much happening both metaphorically, but also emotionally in this composition that I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that it really resonates. And there are a lot of listeners, myself included, who at some point or another have, I think we all do this. We lie to ourselves all the time. You know what I mean? I think so you. I, I, I um, think that this song really does touch on that. Well, you, you've you've taken a more personal approach here than 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 I am going to, but it's good because it, t- it perfectly is enveloped into what I want to talk about, which is, you know, th- this song was written before we went to war in Iraq, mm-hmm. but it's it's just as relevant, um, and that's saying something about America. Um, I think we we turn inward for information in that we seek out the places that will confirm what we already believe. Yep. Confirmation bias, right? The, 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 yep. That first line is very direct. You know, there's there's no code there from Jeff, which is wild. He's being very direct. Mm-hmm. Um, why he's being direct is actually another question I would have for him when he's usually very kind of um, metaphorical in the way he writes. Um, and that's kind of what this song is. It's definitely, for me, one of the weakest songs in the catalog, um, both musically and lyrically. Um, it's kind of almost like Bush League, or in a sense, where it's just too on the nose for me. It's too obvious, which is weird coming from um, Jeff Emmett lyrics. If you like juxtapose this with Low Light, for example, you know, this can't be the same writer, but it is. Um, however, what I do like about these lyrics is actually kind of later on, um, where I should say the the um the fact that later on there are lyrics that acknowledge as you mentioned the subject knows they're doing this to themselves the whole mirror line yeah Um, you know that we are all in this together and we're all confirming our own biases when we aren't actually the enemies we think we are you know there it is a very positive thought within a negative song, within a wholly negative album or, or at least despondent or pessimistic one. And it's easy to feel that way at the time, uh, especially if you are a more liberal person and didn't like how George Bush was running the country or his, or his, his guys and gals. Um, but unfortunately these sentiments are even truer today. Um, if you've been li- living under a rock, we've been having uh, these, January 6th committee uh, hearings and testimonials uh, to, to unveil, not unveil, but to confirm what we all saw with our eyes. And then yeah, there are still people who refuse to see it. I mean, Fox news didn't even air the first night hearing. They allowed Tucker Carlson's show to go on as normal with no commercial breaks so that you had, didn't have a reason to change the channel to go watch the actual things. And they talk yeah. about God knows what Biden's poor messaging or whatever. Like it's that kind of thing. And, and, and again, not to say that there aren't people on the left who will refuse to acknowledge anything on the other way on the other side that might be right. Um, this heads in the sand thing that this echo chamber thing, it's like, what the hell are we doing? If we took our heads out of our asses and actually spoke to each other, we aren't the enemies, you know? So yeah, on personal levels, on political levels, tell me the lies. I'd rather have the lies and be comfortable in that. But at the same time, there's that juxtaposition, the dichotomy, as you said, the the duality of, but also please help me. 
help me, help me, help me. And, and it's yeah. so for the, for that, for that di- dichotomy, that duality, as you mentioned, um, that's why the song has some merit in my view. I like that point of it. It's just kind of the way that it gets to that point. I'm not that big of a fan of, but at least I, I appreciate where he's coming from and trying to make okay. a point. That's fair. I, I, it's a song that has grown on me considerably. And I think that watching that show and or at least the pilot episode <laughs> and listening to his soundtrack has given me a greater appreciation. I, I feel like we see the seeds of the kind of music Jeff will ultimately end up writing, you know, 20 years later. And we, we sure. see seeds of that stuff here. So, yeah. all right, let us know what you guys think about help, help. Uh, or at least these set of lyrics, but it's the first part of the song. And uh, we will move on, though, to our live card of the week. Ready to stand up! Live cuts of Help, Help, going back to Right Act Tour. Where are we going? We, my friend, are going to Adelaide. And we're going to enjoy the February 16th show from 2003 to hear this cut.
I've always said this song is much better live. Oh, that solo the at the end crushes. <laughs> it's listen, there are a ton of songs. I think we did an episode on songs we prefer live to the studio. And I don't yeah. believe I had help help in there. But if you were to take, if you were to do it by value, like which songs are way better live? Mm-hmm. For me, it's this. This is this is one of the top three or four where I don't I don't I don't rate the studio version all that highly. And it's not like this, the the live version is miles away, but it makes it way better, way better than it already, than it was. Um, there there's an intent and an energy for me that's missing from that studio version that's applied live, and especially in this cut. Um, I think it's interesting that at first uh, Ed sort of messes up the, the outro lyrics; he misses a line, but then he sort of ad libs the final things that he sings in a really, really cool way. And he does it in a way where he kind of ascends and kind of the, the, the meter, which he's singing these things goes with how Mike's getting crazier and crazier with the yeah. solo. So like that and, anyway and itself was worth it. It's that emotive ad libbing at the end that I've always loved in this particular version, because I feel like it echoes the cries for help. It uh, echoes yeah. that yeah, the yeah. desperation of the speaker in the song. And I feel that when it's, when it's too, you know, you mentioned this, when it's too on the nose, if it's too rehearsed in that sense, it doesn't, it loses a bit of authenticity, I suppose, in the studio version, at Mm -hmm. least for you. Uh, I feel that this live cut allows it to, to to regain some of that. I remember um, when I was in Seattle for the home shows, they played it at, at, I want to say it was night one, uh, August 8th, if I'm not mistaken. And when they first started, I was like, oh, man. By the end, I was like, help me. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, gets, it gets rocking. They, they it start does. rocking out. I'm telling um, you, just, man. And that's, yeah. But listen, that's, that's true with a lot of the Riot Act songs, where mm-hmm. the way that those songs were recorded, it just felt like a blanket was on top of the band. You know? Yeah. Whereas when they play these songs live, and even on that tour, there was just something more that added a bit of, behind it uh so yeah i I like this take february 16 2003 adelaide australia if you got a better take let us know but this is a good one that is the show guys uh short and sweet this week we had uh well i had a very long weekend away uh so this is this is what we came up with and i think it was pretty damn interesting so if you don't like it fuck you no (laughs) no i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) Please edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes, Patreon again. Uh, third plug for that. Uh, starting in July, we'll get going. We'll open it up. Plenty of really cool stuff, including. Yeah, we invite you into our creative process. You get to play a, a part. It really is. It really is. In that process. Um, you know, as, as we keep saying, the best uh, shows are the ones where we get to feel the community. So. Yep. There Without is that. Question. Uh, all right, gang. Well, we will see you next week. We have a couple of interesting ideas coming your way, a couple of interviews um, that are percolating in the background, as well as another fan forum with our friends across the pond. So Very again, look out for that over the next few weeks. And until we see you next week, you have been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Love and Trust.